Welcome to Wellspring on the Air. I'm Lindsay Steffen, a therapist at Wellspring and the host of today's show about Love is a Choice. That is our official title for today, Love is a Choice. And with me here today to discuss this interesting topic is our president and co-founder, Tova Krebs. Hi, Hi Tova. Thanks for being here. Hi, I'm glad to be here with you. Thank you for hosting this show. Yes. So together we want to tell you a little bit about um, why we want people to love us, how God is the model for love and for the model of how love is actually a choice and how we want respect. We want, um, we want people to choose to love us. And we're going to go into some things about obligation. So definitely stay tuned for the whole show. Let's go ahead and dive in. Um, Tova, do you want to share a little bit first about yourself and then we'll get started? Yeah, um, you know, this, this topic I just feel really passionate about. I want to chat about it today because I'm so impressed with the way God loves us um, and gives us choice to love him back. And I've been trying to flesh that out on how does that apply to the way we love each other and let other people love us or ask other people to love us. And so it's a biblical concept, but it's a very practical psychological relationship issue for us. And I have just been struck by it in a number of relationships that I've kind of seen and heard about going around. And so I just really wanted to talk about it today. Um, so I, I thought I'd start with just a little bit of a story as just a way to, to take this apart, a very kind of small innocuous story. So if you can picture a, um, a mother who's on her way to school, she's got two kids in the car and she's driving them to school. And um, while she's driving, they're really annoying. They're loud. They're, you know, how kids can be. And good kids, but they're, you know, being really obnoxious. And she's tired and stressed and all the things, you know. Um, and so she turns around and just yells at them. She's like harsh. Uh, scripture tells us not to be harsh in our love, you know. There's nothing wrong with disciplining children. But she was mean, okay. So she's mean. So her kids uh, stop talking to her. All right. And because their, their feelings are hurt. So they shut down and she knows sure. pretty quickly that they're shut down. So first she tries to just uh, get them to talk again and they refuse because they're actually in their little sinful self and in their wounded hearts. Um, they're just making her pay. So, okay. <laughs> so and they're hurt, just genuinely hurt. Okay. Cause of her harshness. So she yeah. starts to feel just a little bit guilty, right? Because that's what you do. So she starts feeling guilty but she doesn't want to take responsibility for her mean words, her harsh words. So instead, she tells them that they're too sensitive. Oh, okay. <laughs> so what are you crying about? Or, you know, you're just too sensitive, da, 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 da. So she turns the tables on them because she doesn't want to take responsibility for her, her unkind words, right? Yeah, so now, a little blame shifting. <laughs> yeah, so of course, the next thing that happens is they withdraw more, right? Because there's no invitation to be loving to her. She's not admitting that she was mean. She's not saying she's sorry. So she moves on. So then um, they withdraw more, and now she starts to feel insecure in her mother love. My kids don't love me. They're mad at me. They're hurt. They're, they're withdrawing from me. So she starts feeling that little insecure. I want my kids to love me. So... Um, but she still hasn't taken responsibility. So she starts telling them that they've hurt her feelings by not talking to her. So, you know, I'm your mom and you really hurt my feelings when you refuse to answer my questions. So again, the table slightly turned because 
they're supposed to fix her bad feelings, which really were a consequence of her bad behavior, but she's making it their bad behavior. And now they're obligated to love her because she's their mother. And sounding too fair. (laughs) Yeah. And because they um, are hurting her feelings. So she's drawing on their good character. Who wants to hurt their mother? Right. She's pulling from their good character, turning it on them so that they're, she's making them feel guilty for not, for hurting her feelings. Right. Um, Then she gets, they're almost to school. They get to school and they're still in this not good state and the kids are kind of ambivalent. And so on the way out the door, she tells them that kiss your mother goodbye. So she's forcing them again to demonstrate to her that the relationship isn't broken. They don't have a choice. She pulls on their good character and their true love for her um, to obligate them to love her through demonstrating it, but they don't really feel it. So now she's teaching them to pretend, Mm. to to pretend in their relationship, to love her and show her that she loves them when really what they are is hurt and wounded and guilty and really they just had hurt feelings at the beginning so yeah and I'm just as I hear you I'm like wow that's such setting a precedent that don't express how you really feel in relationships but just pretend everything's okay sweep it under the rug and that yeah lifelong consequences if we don't deal with that yeah so those are right powerful lessons one is that her feelings are more important than theirs right uh that they should pretend to love even when they don't that they don't get to trust their gut when their feelings are hurt i mean these are life lessons and it looks like such a little innocuous little story but it's a very good picture of of the idea that we need to invite people to be in relationship with us versus obligate people to be in relationship yeah All right, so I want to build on that with the idea that God is our model for this. And Lindsay, I know you've got examples too here, but I've brought a few in and I'm sure you'll come up with some. But but when we think of, of God's love for us, if there's anyone in the whole universe that we should be obligated to love, who could pull that card? You owe me. I created you. I give you life. I sustain you every day. I bless you with everything you need to live. You owe me relationship, right? I mean, God could say that. He could. Absolutely. But, <laughs> There's no argument against any of that. <laughs> but he doesn't. Yeah. So he puts Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden and he says, there's a choice. He tests people throughout all of scripture to see what's in their heart. He actually wants the real deal. He doesn't want that artificial, just pretend to love me, but it's not real in your heart. He wants the real thing and he's willing to wait. He's willing and patient and is a respecter of our will. And that's a phrase I'd like people to remember. God is a respecter of our will. Now I'll put a little caveat in here because I am personally a Presbyterian. So I do believe that God calls us and chooses us and whether people listening believe that or not. I, I still don't think that this, whether you're Baptist or a Presbyterian, I don't think <laughs> this matters. There's still great evidence in scripture that God respects our will and a choice. So I had a couple ideas, but I, do you have any that come to your mind? I bet you do. Stories of where God respects our will. Yeah. Well, I just, even, it made me think actually more of clients I sit with and the issues that are coming up where, you know, feeling like, oh, you did this, but you didn't do it kind of like how God says, give with a cheerful heart. And kind of, I, you know, with spouses you sit with in counseling, (laughs) it's, you did it, but you had that smug look on your face. And, you know, it's kind of, 
because of the attitude, again, like you're saying, the attitude of your heart, if it's true, authentic love, it almost negates the actions, right? If I do the quote unquote right thing, like the kids gave their mom a kiss, but there's not a real feeling of love there. And so I feel like, yeah, it just, it's making me think of a lot of counseling scenarios mm -hmm. where we want people to authentically choose to love us, right? right. Not just maybe doing the right thing, discipline, demonstrating love, that's all well and good, but it needs to also come with that heart attitude. And that's what God's holding out for. And he will yeah. wait to choose it. So I think about Revelation 3.20 says, Jesus speaks and says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in with him and sup with him and he with me. And so he is literally a respecter. He yeah. could barrel down that door. He could make <laughs> us. He, we owe it to him, but he doesn't do that. He waits. You know, the prodigal son, the, the father lets the son go away. He chooses to go away and he waits. And as much as God is the father in that story is welcoming him the moment he runs in the driveway, comes up the driveway, right? Um, but the father does not go to the pigsty. Right. He doesn't manhandle them back. You have to stay. You have to love me. Look at all I've done for you. Um, I had other scriptures that came to mind. Um, the Matthew 19, the rich man who comes to Jesus and who's a rule follower. He did all the rules. And he's like, what else do I have to do? And Jesus says, well, give away everything you have. And it says he went away sad because he had many riches. Mm. So, and what did Jesus do? Yeah. Nothing. He stood there and let him walk away. Yeah, that's what so, that always sticks out. He didn't chase after he him. Didn't. He didn't say, "Wait, but are you? Did you really think about it? I mean, this is a good situation for you." <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah. And so there are all these Old Testament ones. Moses tells um, in Deuteronomy thirty, it says, "This day I'll call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life." so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice and hold fast to him. Mm. This, I, I put a choice before you and Joshua did the same choice. Choose you this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We have a choice mm. and God is gonna wait for us to choose or not choose um, whether we will stick with him. He, he will let people turn away and then be apart from him and out of relationship with him for all eternity. Okay. So why do you think, let's even go into why don't, like people, we need to let people choose, but sometimes we try to manipulate them or we obligate them to love us. So maybe tell us a little more about that. Why do we default to that sometimes as humans? Yeah. And, and I know even maybe after a little break, I'll finish this, but I mean, get started because we do not want to be vulnerable enough to be chosen. We don't want to stand in the lineup and wait for someone to pick us. That feels terrible. We don't want to be last yeah. picked for the team. We want the girl to choose us, the boy to choose us. You know, we want our kids to love to be with us, but um, we don't want to be vulnerable. And so when we give people all the choice and we just are obligated to be as nice, lovable people as we can be. And we'll talk about that in a minute, but um, that's really vulnerable because we can't control their response and that makes us in a vulnerable place. So yeah. what we do instead, we have a long list of ways to get them to obligate us. So you can think about some of these with the mother story. So one is um, through shame. So um, that could be the verbal abuse. If I, um, I can make you kind of stay because I can call you names. Well, you're just, you're just a this, or you're just a that, you know, um, all those name callings telling you you're wrong all the time. So you feel ashamed. So, the more we put somebody down and make them feel ashamed, the more 
weekly to make them and less likely to leave because they feel like I'm lucky to have you. Yes. Because look at, I'm so rotten. Who else would want me? Right. Yeah. I'm hearing so much that verbal abuse is very powerful. That manipulation where take away your self-esteem, cut you off from people. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of feel like, Oh, well, at least I have you. I'm lucky. And that's the message is you're lucky to have me because you're so bad and I'm so great. And so I put you down and then you're, you're kind of, lost in this uh, place where you lose all that self-respect. Similar is this in a step up is actual fear. So even into domestic mm-hmm. violence or fear, if you leave me, I'll take the kids. I'll make you pay. You know, um, you'll never find someone else. Um, you know, and even just the fear of abuse itself. I could be hit. I could, you know, they could take all my money. You know, um, these are ways of making somebody stay with us by taking away their choice. Yeah. And it's so sad when you think of it, like someone, do you want to be loved out of fear? (laughs) I'm terrified. So I'll be with you. Like that is not really at our core, at our healthy self. That's not the kind of love we want. Of course. But people will trade if I can't, because they're, they don't feel lovable. And so if I can't get you to love me, I can at least have power over you. I'd rather have power than nothing. Right. I'm not alone. I'd like to be loved, but if I can't have love, I at least want power because then I can at least get my way. It's a, it's a, it's a bad trade because the power you're, it's never enough. You never, it's never enough to make up for that hole of not being loved and feeling lovable. Yeah. A lot of deep pain in that abuser. They are fearing rejection and yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. If I don't control you, you'll go away. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, Tova, we're actually going to go ahead and take a short break. So we will come back though and discuss a little bit more about this with the obligation and manipulation, but we will take a quick break. All right, listeners, we will be right back. Welcome back to Wellspring on the Air. This is Lindsay Steffen. If you're just joining our show, our topic today is love is a choice. So we have talked through um, some biblical implications for this, how God actually demonstrates to us that love is a choice and that he is a respecter of persons. He, he gives us a choice and um, as he stands at the door and knocks, we can open it or not. So if you joined us late, you can find us on your favorite podcast channel on Wellspring on the Air or on the website. So go to wellspringmiami.org and just search for this topic, Love is a Choice. So Tova, let's continue. We started um, talking about how letting people choose us is vulnerable. So sometimes we would rather obligate them or manipulate them to be in a relationship with us. You talked about pain and um, shame, fear. So let's keep going. Yeah. So fear, shame, um, another obligation or manipulative tactic to get people to love us or be with us is guilt. And this is a big one. So one of the ways of guilt is the tally system. It's the tit for tat. I did this for you, so you need to do this for me. I bought you flowers, so you need to take me to dinner. <laughs> you know, <Okay. laughs> when, whatever those things are. So it's a tally system, and I'm really trying to make you feel shame, again, or guilt because you're indebted to me. And, of course, we always keep more track of all of our tallies than their tallies. So the people are course. <laughs> obligated to us and not us to them. And We're a little bit biased, for a sure. Biased. <laughs> and so, but people, there are families that live all day, every day under the tally system. And it's always you owe me is the way I make you do whatever I need you to do. Love me, be with me, do things for me, all of that. So yeah. get for the tally. 
Um, and then there's guilt for like family loyalty. So, well, I'm your mother or, you know, I'm, you're, I'm, you're my mother. So you have to give me all the time, you know, but so kids can do it to adults, husbands and wives, can, you know, you're my wife, you're supposed to blank, you're my husband, you're supposed to blank. And uh, people get into marriages as a choice. And then it's like, you know, we make them stuck with us um, because you, you owe me. You married, yeah. you have to stay with me for life. You have to do that. And honestly, after seeing so many divorces and things, mm. I don't, it's always a choice to stay married. Divorce yeah. is an option. And we need to respect that people are choosing every day to stay um, yeah. and to stick with this marriage. And, and uh, we need to not say, well, you owe me. No, no, they could leave, sadly. sadly yeah. they could leave. And there's kind of those, I think, preconceived notion, notions about what you owe me as a wife or as a husband. And we got to talk about that in our premarital because how you grew up and your definition of maybe a <laughs> wife and husband might be so different than your spouse's. Right. So you're obligated to do all the housework or you're obligated to do all the outside, you know, the, the yard work or the job or the whatever it is. And that really happens a lot with chores where we just, you know, raising a family is a lot of chores. Yeah. So um, those expectations of you owe me and that's your love for me because you're a good wife. And that's that guilt. If you were a good wife, you would. If you were a good husband, you would. If you were a good child, you would, you know. Um, and so those are ways of requiring people to love us because of this family loyalty. And sometimes it gets really twisted for the sake of what we want people to do for us, you know, uh, because the truth is we should be loyal to our parents. Uh, God tells us to honor our parents and we should be loyal to our family members. But it, that also is ultimately a choice because yeah. um, those relationships can be broken. People don't have to stay in relationship with each other into adulthood particularly right they, they could just choose to never come home except maybe for two hours on thanksgiving you know um, relationship is a choice you know being a family member is an obligation they have some we have some biblical mandates around that but being a relationship enjoying your company is yeah. not an obligation and yeah, you can't force that. If you don't enjoy someone, you don't. And maybe because they're breaking your boundaries or doing things that make them unpleasant to you. But as you're talking, I'm just thinking how a lot of people use even good Christian as a language that kind of manipulating, well, you're a good Christian, so you should do this. Those should statements that are really shaming. Like what, and it's, again, it's their perspective. Like, I think you're a good Christian. So you're a good Christian wife or husband. So you should do X, Y, and Z, or you're a Christian, you know, son. So you should do this for your mother. So just kind of even sometimes maybe using God's name to justify things that perhaps God has not mandated. <laughs> yeah, we actually call that spiritual abuse, but really it's, again, it's shame and it's guilt. But in that case, it's taking advantage of someone's good character. So yeah. because they see themselves as a nice person, you can be nasty to them and they'll stay polite because that's their character. And so you can get away with treating them badly because they're not going to stand up to you because they're nice or their right. character, their belief in themselves. I'm a good Christian. I'm a good mother. So therefore, um, and people can take advantage of each other's good character by making people feel guilty or I don't want to be that, you know, and yeah. um, maybe 
I said I was sorry, so you have to forgive me, that kind of language where I tell clients like, yeah, God calls us to forgive, but that doesn't mean you have to choose to have relationship with the person if they are ongoingly still abusive or breaking your boundaries. So yeah, I think people twist words and what even the definition biblically is of forgiveness. Right. It's true. Um, so, and then the last one kind of on those obligations is actual emotional blackmail. And that again is taking advantage of someone's good character for your sake. So uh, it's something severe. Like if you leave me, I'll kill myself. Yeah. I mean, that's a big one. It's emotional blackmail because of your good character. I'm going to make you love me or stay with me because uh, I'm going to emotionally blackmail you, you know, or the other emotional blackmail is if you don't love me or don't do what I want, um, I'll be mad at you. I'll either yeah. be hurt and you'll feel guilty for hurting me or I'll be angry and you'll feel afraid of my anger. All of that is emotional blackmail to keep people in relationship with us the way we, we want. Yeah. So, um, well, let's move to some positive. <laughs> let's do it. Yes. <laughs> so this, this was a lot of the, the negative and kind of the, yeah, pointing out maybe what some of the verbal abuse and manipulation looks like. But yeah, give us some hope, Tova. <laughs> All right. So I want to kind of talk about giving uh, um, people choice means that we respect them. And I actually believe that there is no love without respect. Mm. It's not love. It's obligation, it's manipulation, it's loyalty, it's all those things we just mentioned. It's yeah. not love. Real love has a choice. So um, the first thing is I, I give you a choice. So I invite you to love me. I invite you to be in relationship with me. And that's vulnerable because all it is is an invitation and you could say no. You always have the choice of saying no. But real love gives it as a choice. So... Um, and that means the scary thing is we have to be responsible for being lovable. Mm. That's so scary people, for people. That's scary. Now, yeah. instead of, it's not, it's not my, it, your fault, you know, for not loving me. It's mine for not being lovable. And, I, and the truth is all of us are like capable of being lovable and likable. It's not our innate characters. All of us are very capable of being lovable, but we, um, we may not act in loving, kind ways. So I think we have to take some responsibility for being a positive person, a mm. pleasant person, a non-critical person, someone who's safe to be with, um, someone who's pleasant to be around. I mean, it's really, it's just, it's pretty automatic when people are very kind and loving to us the way Bible describes love. Uh, it's winsome. Yeah, people, you're drawn to them. They're, you drawn. can tell they're, they're genuine and they're, their positivity, their loving character towards you, you can tell that they mean it. And that feels good. You feel at ease immediately. Like, oh, they're being themselves and I can be myself. So here's the twist. If we take responsibility for being loving ourselves and loving them first, the actual automatic consequence is that people do enjoy us and come into relationship with us. But when we do it the other way, I'm going to obligate you. It actually drives people away because it's not pleasant. So, yeah. I mean, listen to scripture about love. So, and you all know this, I'm sure, but love is patient. Love is kind. It, it does not envy. It does not boast. It's not proud. It doesn't dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, trusts, hopes and perseveres. Now, mm. who isn't invited to that? That is the invitation. That but sounds it, like a great friend or spouse or <laughs> whatever, exactly, right? Exactly. Yeah. And so um, our taking responsibility for being loving 
to others is the invitation, but it is the hard part and it is vulnerable. Yeah. Um, so I think another part of that invitation and choice is letting people know me. Again, that's part of that vulnerability. Um, it's hard to really enjoy someone you know nothing about. So when we withhold our treasures, our goodies, our heart, our stories, our lives, people aren't drawn to us because we didn't give them anything. We didn't show them anything. Yeah. So we, we got to kind of show the goods. We got to kind of say, look, look, here's me. Here's all of me and my authentic, unique, special, interesting self um, in order to invite people. And not yeah. everybody will like us. Yeah. That's just a fact because not everybody's a match. You know, I mean, yeah. we, we show our authentic self and some people go, nah, not my style. <laughs> yeah. And that's hard not to take personally, but I tell a lot of my you know, young men and women who are clients and dating, I say, it's okay. Some people, they like apples and you're an orange. It's not personal, but you're just not their cup of tea. And it's okay. That's personality wise. I think we just don't all click and it's not personal. It's not, but we want everyone to love us. And it's actually an unreasonable <laughs> expectation. Jesus was perfect and a whole bunch of people hated him. So That's much great. <laughs> That's a great example. There's he, comfort in that. <laughs> <laughs> he was completely perfect. And so, and, and God tells us that, that our light will turn some people away. Those of us who are believers, some people will not like us because we're Christians or they may not just like the way we do our, our hair and our style and our cultures, you know, and our differences and yes. our uniqueness. Um, but it's an unreasonable desire that everybody would love us. God loves us. And some people will really like us, especially if we're loving to them. And, right. and they have something in common with us that makes them enjoy our company. Yeah, you jive. So yeah, maybe release yourself of that pressure. If you're listening, you're one of those people, you're trying to get everyone to like you. It's not realistic. Tova and I have people who like us and people who don't, and that's okay. And I'm sure sometimes we don't like it, but that's no. part of your growth process to say, okay, I just don't click with this person. And it is what it is. That's fine. It is. And I think the last thing about uh, giving, respecting people and giving them choice is that we actually then wait for them to choose. And we're impatient, I think. So, um, you know, that mother who wounded her children, if she'd gone back and then said she was sorry, and then wait for them to kind of resolve their heart and for them to come to her, she wouldn't have double wounded them. Right. You know, and so, but we're impatient, we, you know, make me feel better about my bad behavior and fix it um, right away. And uh, really, we have to wait for people to forgive us. We have to wait for people to move back toward us. We have to wait for people to trust us again when we've hurt them um, and not just say, well, I already said I was sorry, so forgive me now. So I feel better. You know, they, it's about the patience of waiting and accepting and choosing others people's choices not to forgive us today not to move toward us yet not to trust us again yet um, and not jumping into manipulation to make them get there for faster so yeah, we have to um, deal with our own anxieties that we'll have to wait we won't get that instant gratification of oh i love you i forgive you the moment you apologize after we fought five minutes ago that's not realistic yeah, that's not. we have to be able to kind of sit with our own discomfort as we rebuild trust and yeah, yeah. So, you know, love is a choice and we have to give people that choice and invite them to love us. Um, and without uh, respect, there is no love. So uh, awesome. we have to respect those choices. Very good. Well, it's actually time to close out the show. Yep. So we were perfect on timing. I love it. So thank you, Tova, so much for joining us and just sharing some of your heart and what scripture says about this. So we hope you all learned a lot and can apply this to your own relationships right now. 
Um, thanks for joining in. And again, if you joined midstream or missed some of it, go ahead and go to the podcast app and go to Wellspring on the air, or you can go to our blog, wellspringmiami.org. So the title of today's show again was Love is a Choice. And also we'd love to hear from our listeners. So reach out, you can write to us, send comments or questions to on the air at wellspringmiami.org. So it's time to write, wrap up. This is Lindsay Steffen with Wellspring on the Air because hearts and minds matter.